We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, Her Hoop Stats fans, happy Friday and welcome to another episode of the Her Hoop Stats Unplugged podcast. As always, you're here with Megan Gower and today I am joined by Aaron Barzilai. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? I'm doing okay. How are you doing today, Megan? Doing good. Doing good. Last Her Hoop Stats Unplugged podcast of the WNBA regular season. I guess probably last her hoops that's podcast of the WNBA regular season because it wraps up Sunday. Yeah, we have a um a good pie. I know John's got a great uh, guest coming up that I'll just leave it at that to tease it on um on Monday. But uh, yeah, I think this will be the last one of the regular season. It's crazy. I got to say, it's been. I mean, I am exhausted. I can't imagine what it's like to be a a player or a coach uh, or a ref or anyone who's been in the wobble the whole time. There, it is just such a grind. Yeah, agreed. I know. I keep complaining too about like how tired I am and trying to keep up with all the games. I'm like, God, I was actually playing. <laughs> Players have been playing. I'm a couple, a lot, a couple teams have had you know back to back games multiple times down the stretch here with making up games from the two nights that weren't played and everything else going on. So yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, my hope obviously is that we won't need the system next uh, season. Although it's going to be a little bit compressed in that scenario, right? It's in the Olympics are happening but i wonder if in retro you know they'll probably do some kind of post-mortem retrospect kind of thing hopefully with the players association i wonder if they'll decide that they needed to like it was a little too breakneck of a pace and they should uh you know have built in a couple more off days and stuff than uh they've been able to obviously their hand was pretty forced but um it seems like everyone is uh just trying to make their way to the end of the regular season yeah, great. I think, um, I mean, obviously, this was not an ideal situation by far, and they just did the best they could with the time allotment that they had. But I think we've seen a lot of a lot of injuries 
especially kind of down this last final stretch here. Um, some of those probably due to just fatigue and overuse. And then um, I even just from like a viewer perspective too, right? It's a lot to keep up with. I think you probably draw a little bit more of an audience when you don't have three games a night every night. I think so. And it's been tough too, right? There been since the NBA playoffs have started, the uh, you know, there I think the WNBA games were kind of front loaded uh, at the beginning of the regular seasons. There have been some good ones that are have not been on either ESPN or CBS uh, Sports Network. Uh, so it's going to be good that we'll be back to kind of sort of all the games on ESPN. I think that will help. Although last I checked, I think that maybe um, the Tuesday playoff games for WNBA are going up against, I want to say probably going to go up against game one of the Eastern conference finals in the NBA. So it's uh, in, unfortunate that that uh, will be a little bit of a, a battle. You might've been able to catch more uh nba fans if there was no basketball that night but again i think the hand is forced right espn wasn't going to start the playoffs on monday night football right and and so there you are yeah we just got everything going on now right because we've got nfl starting i think tonight maybe we're recording this thursday so yeah nfl starting tonight we've got nba mlb wmba the u.s open is on right now we've got college football starting it's just it's a lot in general don't slight don't slight hockey oh sorry hockey i just didn't come top of mind but yes hockey is you're from you're from connecticut maybe you can be bitter about hartford but yeah uh, (laughs) i don't know that i'm quite old enough to be actually bitter about the hartford team but yes everyone here is still bitter about the whalers (laughs) you could probably actually buy more whalers merch in like normal stores here than you can buy connecticut sun merch which is a little bit upsetting but Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Geez, did the Whalers uh, leave before you were born? They probably did, didn't oh, they? God, I would have to look it up, but it was, if not before I was born, very close to it. Hmm. And that is our uh, regular Aaron is feeling old feature. On the, uh, Her <laughs> Stats podcast. I will say uh, I watched uh, much of the game with my uh, younger son today. It's very interesting. The insights you get when you're watching with a uh, nine-year-old. He was like, Odyssey Sims. That's like a great video game name. Because, uh, (laughs) of course, there's the Sims. And then uh, I don't know if you play Super Mario Odyssey, but uh, they have played a bit of that in their day. And so to him, that was just like super cool. Uh, to have a name like that i'm like oh maybe she's a gamer like i don't think so but um, i don't I, at least i don't think that's why she's named that yeah but, uh, it's just really funny sort of the insight and then he's like sylvia fowles that's hilarious right <laughs> speaking of which um i was excited to hear holly say that uh, on the broadcast today that they you know they keep being signals that she's gonna try to give it a go during the playoffs and um, you know, despite the loss they just had tonight uh, against the Aces, uh, you know, they're well in position. And so if they can all that fourth seed, and then I think that would mean that uh, probably would be what, like more than a week from tonight. So uh, mm-hmm. just kind of increasing the chances that she'll be uh, available for the first playoff game. And that's going to be fascinating to see how that will go for uh, the Lynx. Agreed. Obviously, a huge advantage for them to have her back on the floor. I think we're all excited to watch that. So, yeah, it should be interesting, especially if they can hold on to that fourth seed. I feel like they're kind of right on the line. I think they're now tied with Phoenix for the fourth seed. And to be honest, like the details of how that tiebreaker is going to work out are a little fuzzy to me. I think it's a complicated one. So I was looking at it. Do you have any guess what the uh, criteria are for breaking the playoff or breaking ties? I know the first thing is head to head record, but I believe that's split for uh, the length of the Mercury. And then I want to say the next thing is 
um, like record against teams that are over 500. It's something like particular. Like wow, it's, I'm impressed. You know, it's actually teams that are 500 or better. Oh god, because uh, I was checking that because it's really interesting. Um, because and I'm trying to pull this up here on the site as we're talking. Perhaps should have done that ahead of time, but um, right because uh, Connecticut right is basically like at 500, right? So um, there was a chance that depending on what happened with their uh, last call. Yeah, they're now they're 10 and 11, right? So they're under and their games don't count in the tiebreakers. But if they win their uh, last game, then they suddenly would count, right? So there's the potential for there actually a pretty big swing. But it turns out that they've been incredibly consistent. I think the only team that they have split with, let me pull this up here right now, is um, yeah, they've got a game left against Atlanta. So they split with Chicago and they split with Phoenix. Oh, and I guess they split with Washington. So, um, but they beat Dallas twice. So it's in Washington. You know, Washington's going to struggle, I think, to get that last spot. But, uh, you know, there was a real chance that, like, it could have, you know, they if, you know, Connecticut had beaten, you know, maybe Los Angeles, but not Vegas or vice versa, that it could totally end up deciding who got the second seed. But I don't, I don't think it's going to play out that way. Yeah, it's all definitely. I mean, obviously, there's still a handful of more games to be played. And I think even assuming that Minnesota and Phoenix are still tied, it seems that, you know, either Minnesota loses again this weekend or Phoenix beats Seattle, which is obviously a tough feat to do. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I have a feeling we're not going to know exactly what those playoff standings are until at the end of games on Sunday because things are just so tight between a lot of these teams. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. One thing I haven't done that's been on my list of things to do um, is take a look at just how compressed the uh, records are this season compared to others. It just feels like it's kind of one game separating kind of one after the other. Yeah, I feel like part of that is probably a factor of just like the condensed schedule and how fast back to back everything is. Like you don't have a lot of time to prep in between, which is probably going to result in more like things swaying one way or other and then also all these injuries have just kind of shaken up lineups a lot but it's gonna be fun to see I, obviously it's gonna make for really fun playoff games because i feel like we're gonna see especially those first two rounds of single elimination which are always fun to begin with it should be some really great games there yeah yeah i want to get back to that in a second because i was going to ask you about that but um right yeah with this loss tonight uh minnesota i believe is now uh as you said tied 13 and 8 uh with uh, the Mercury. However, Minnesota's last game is against Indiana, whereas uh, Phoenix has to close against Seattle. Uh, I guess I'm fr- tomorrow, mm-hmm. so um, so we could actually know. Uh, I guess. Hmm, sorry, it's not great radio, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no Minnesota split. Oh, they split Phoenix and uh, Minnesota split the season, mm-hmm. so I think it will go to best record. So against teams that are five hundred or better. So, but I think there's a pretty good shot, right? If if Minnesota wins against Indiana, which you would expect, mm-hmm. and then Phoenix loses to Seattle, as you'd expect, then uh, you know Minnesota will get that f- lock up that four seed on the last last game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that seems likely at least. But of course, we've seen plenty of crazy results, so anything could happen still. Anything could happen. But that that's kind of gets to the question I wanted to ask you. How many real contenders do you think there are for the championship this season? Hmm. I have to like look at it. I feel like, to me, it's three. I think Seattle, Vegas, and the Sparks. 
I don't know that I'm putting anyone else in that group. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard for anyone else to win a best of five series against exactly. Any of those teams. Yeah, that that's where I am. Right. So we talk about the parody as we were a few minutes ago, but to me, it does seem like it really kind of boils down to those three teams. I think any of them really have a chance. There's no question that Seattle, uh, as good as they've looked, is beatable. Las Vegas mm-hmm. looked great tonight, I thought, mm-hmm. against Minnesota. Especially, it was an exciting first half, and then Vegas pulled away, right? Kind of made that run to open the third, and then the game was over. So, And the Sparks have been quite good as well. I mean, I think some of these other teams are completely capable of beating them on uh, any given Sunday, as you said, right. since it's an NFL has uh, restarted. <laughs> but um, it seems like it will be... Awfully, you know, they're not going to play them right until Sunday, right? They won't get a one game uh, playoff on Tuesday or Thursday next week. So at that point, the um, it just seems like such a tall task to uh, for any of these other teams, you know, for someone like Minnesota to upset Seattle uh, or Phoenix uh, or anyone else. You know, Connecticut's playing a little bit better, obviously. But again, it just seems like it's going to inevitably boil down to those three. Yeah, I agree. So I think, well, you do have like Minnesota and or LA, assuming those stay the through four, we'll have to play in a single elimination because it's just one by. So I guess theoretically someone can knock LA out before it even gets to that. But then I would say it's probably just going to come down to, you know, Seattle or Vegas when you get to the series. Because I, yeah, like you said, anyone could probably beat them, anyone really here on one given game. But best of five series is a little bit different of a story. To me, it's, yeah. LA looks good, but uh, if I had to like, pick two for the finals i'm going seattle and uh vegas yeah i think that um i mean although uh you know it was a close game when they played in earlier this season vegas vegas has a i think has to be the craziest closing weekend <laughs> potentially <laughs> WNBA history playing the sparks and then playing um seattle on abc right on sunday yep. uh for that um sort of the makeup games from that day or Day of reflection. This was two days of reflection, right? But um, so so that's going to be uh, just uh, incredibly brutal. So I mean, we could look up, right? And uh, Vegas could have lost to Los Angeles, but maybe like beaten the Sparks, uh, beaten um, sorry Seattle, and then uh, out of nowhere, uh, you know, it's just going to be like it's totally unclear which of these three teams are, is better. Right. Exactly. Um, it's going to be tough to tell for sure. I think one thing from tonight's game, Vegas hit a the franchise record i think since they've moved to vegas or maybe even since they moved bef- before then but um for threes which was impressive if they can kind of get those threes falling they're going to be a lot tougher team to beat than they are with their you know, usual game plan of mostly scoring inside okay it's obviously too early to tell if that was just kind of like a fluke thing that happened tonight or if that's going to be a part of their game plan going into the playoffs. But. Yeah, you know that I tend to not move my opinions right. too much on just one game. Uh, and so definitely not expecting this to be the norm uh, for Vegas going forward. But certainly was a great night. Um, yeah, earlier, I mean, sorry. I mean, they have had a, you know, they made 15 threes uh, in a game already this season and 14. So it can definitely happen. But um you know, definitely a little bit aberrational for sure. So uh, tonight and uh, and they needed it. Right. I mean, it was like I said, it was it was a close game for a while before they could really kind of put it away. But if people start clicking, 
I mean, they are going to be impressive. Um, Asia was doing her thing. She had a couple of really nice blocks. Yeah, that one on Nafisa. I feel like <laughs> everyone listens to their podcast next week. It's probably going to be talked about. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't. I, I didn't catch that there was any mic'd up kind of thing, right? Where yeah, <laughs> hear them talking afterward. And Dangerfield, she was looking great tonight. I thought, yeah, too. Just, she was. especially in the first half. I guess really right, but just looked electric out there. Yeah, just some really nice cuts and kind of got into the basket. Uh, really nicely tonight kind of I feel like I've still like every time I look at the box store I'm like oh Crystal and I'm like this has been consistent like at almost every game this season I think she's like pretty much scored in double figures every single game like I should be used to it by now but it's still just like impressive obviously for yeah now pick. you she was what the 16th pick uh in the draft this year yep 16 and uh you i know in particular uh being a yukon fan having watched her uh thought that was way too low right mm-hmm. yeah no i honestly thought there was a chance that she was going to go before megan walker yukon other yukon's other pick um thought she could have gone as high as cheryl reeve taken her at six actually but i guess she got if you could get her at 16 why take her at six um but yeah no i was just shocked that she fell that low i feel like watching her play the season just makes me even more surprised honestly even thinking that that was way too low never expected that she was going to be this good off the bat thought she was going to be a player that was obviously going to be good at the next level I think there was a lot of kind of hype going into the draft about her size but I think you see a lot of other kind of similar size guards Jordan Canada comes to mind that um, have been successful at this level so I thought she was going to be a good player regardless but I think she's exceeded my expectations by far as well yeah, she was, in fact, you know, she was 6 of 12 tonight from two-point range and 10 of 12 uh, against Washington the other night, uh, with one of those being a very, uh, no, I guess she made that two-pointer, right, but didn't get the foul call uh, for that game on uh, on the 8th. But um, yeah, no, she's been impressive. I'll pull up her stat page on her site, and she's played one game uh, back at the end of July where she had nine points. Uh, that was her first game as a starter, and ever since she's uh, had at least ten, have been double digits every night. Yeah, just a phenomenal rookie season. I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that. I would say she's probably my pick for rookie of the year by far. It's a kind of a clear cut one to me. I feel like to me, she's the only player that's you know consistently putting up as starting and putting up strong numbers for a team that's in the top half of the standings. There's really no other rookie kit. Rookie of the Year candidate, you can say that about. So, yeah, you know, someone was talking to me about that uh, today, and they were sort of asking what I thought comparing Dangerfield to uh, Satu Sabali. And I got to say, I was uh, surprised that I thought Sabali was competitive, but I do give the edge to Dangerfield. I guess maybe Satu's been playing a little better since uh, she came back from injury. I, I mean, Dangerfield also for the Rookie of the Year vote gets uh, the advantage that she's played more minutes uh, than Sabali or Kennedy Carter. But one question I guess I have for you, right? So I think it's, I agree with you that Dangerfield is the rookie uh, would be my vote if I had a ballot, official ballot for rookie of the year. But my question for you is who do you think is going to be the best sophomore next year? Would you think it's going to, I mean, uh, I think Ionescu looked great for those, <laughs> what is a game and a half, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and we also don't really have enough data on her season. Um, but I, you know, maybe we all think that she, presumably we all think she's probably going to be better assuming she's healthy. Um, but of player, you know, some of the other people that are real in the rookie of the year candidates, like, would you, if you were drafting today, take Dangerfield ahead of Carter or, um, Sobley or, you know, what do you think you would do there? 
Yeah, I still don't think I'd take Crystal ahead of Carter or Savoy. Like, she's been phenomenal this season, but I feel like those players still have higher ceilings, I would say, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Savoy to me is someone that's probably going to have, she's kind of, it took her a little bit to, I think, get adjusted. She didn't, after she's come back from injury, she's definitely looked much better, much more consistent. I think kind of towards the beginning of the season, she had some big games, but then she had some games where she kind of disappeared. Um, kind of mixture but it looks significantly better since um I mean she like draft night was my pick for rookie of the year I think she's just kind of a very athletic kind of versatile player that can play in a lot of different positions for Dallas which is of course also a young team um so she would probably be my pick for best sophomore season but Kennedy Carter is awful up there um she's been great for Atlanta a lot of kind of big nights for them um It'll be interesting to see exactly what her role is next year, too, for them, though. I think that backcourt dynamic changes a little bit when you get Tiffany Hayes and Renee Montgomery back. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what the plan is there. Yeah, yeah. Sabali, the thing that surprised me, right, I think everybody kind of thought there was a chance she might even be the most uh, pro-ready player, even more so perhaps than Ionesco we thought at the beginning or, you know, during the draft time. Uh, But her shot has just been not good so far this season. She's shooting uh, 19.7% from three, right? Which I got in the bottom 6% on our site. And even in two-point range, she's, um, you know, in the bottom third, she's only hitting 46.6%. So she's really been not an effective scorer. Um, she is getting to the line and she shoots 87.2% uh, from the line. So that is helping. So it'll be interesting to see if she can um, kind of, you know, improve her scoring efficiency next season because she's been rebounding really well um, and, you know, has a pretty good, uh, a, a decent assist rate too. So, um, you know, I still have hope for her. I still believe in her. I still really enjoyed watching her in college and, and thought uh, she, you know, had, the most potentially could have even be better than Ionesco in the pros. Uh, definitely doesn't look like that today. Um, but you know, you never know how things play out and I'm sure she's going to be working really hard to uh, get her shot on for next season. Yeah. Agreed. I haven't really seen anything about her. I think plans for after the WNBA season, but I know she's from Germany. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's going to go play in Europe some too, which will obviously help develop her game a little bit more in the off season or not off season, I guess just the WNBA off season. So it'll be interesting yeah. to kind of see how she comes back for her sophomore year. That's right. Basketball never stops. <laughs> One of the best ad campaigns ever. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, so hopefully, right. I mean, it doesn't really work out that well. We always love to say like, Oh, they're going to go, you know, add this to their game, <laughs> you know, before next season, it doesn't always happen, but um, you know, she just has uh she just seems to get it in life in general, right? From, mm-hmm. you know, listening to her interviews and whatnot, including when she, she was on our podcast, right? Um, a while ago. So with John Little. And um, so, you know, I, have, I still have faith in her. I think that she'll improve over time. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, of course, I think most of these rookies will improve over time, right? It's their first year. It should be theoretically their worst year. Not always doesn't always work out that way. But. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. It does, definitely does not always. So, uh, it, it is it is interesting, right? How you know much there's a ton of turnover, right? As we say, mm-hmm. roughly 144 jobs, right? A little more right. than that, but um, when you think about the players that only play part of the season, but. It'll be interesting. And, you know, speaking of overseas, I was um, uh, I, I was part of the press conference with Dangerfield after shoot around earlier this week. And she said she was uh, not going to be playing overseas, which I thought was interesting. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting, but it's also an interesting year, right? Like, I yeah. feel like. I wouldn't do it, right? But. Yeah. I like part of me is like, oh, wow. And that part of me is like, well, looking at like the whole world situation and <laughs> everything that also like these rookies have been through since, you know, between like their seasons getting canceled at the end in college and like going to the W and then living in this bubble. Like, um, yeah, I'm also not that surprised when I hear that people aren't choosing to go overseas this summer. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, yeah, my sister's living overseas right now, and she's think about done with it at this point. It's just like not the experience you're expecting at all. So, um, yeah, no, very different than uh, what she signed up for. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. No, I, I agree. Right, like my kids started school this week. My wife's a teacher, so we were very. They're doing the as I said before we started recording. Are we're doing like the hybrid system? So, uh, and I was definitely very mixed about it, but. Um, but I will say our first couple of days, it seems semi-reasonable that optimism might be, uh, misplaced <laughs> in a week or two, but, uh, you know, at least it seems like they're doing it and there doesn't seem to be much controversy about masks or whatever. It's a good, good time to plug everybody listening. I hope you are all, uh, wearing masks, maybe not while you're listening to podcasts, but <laughs> certainly when you're seeing people and, and social distancing, my hope is that, you know, with all these systems, uh, you know, it's pretty clear what we need to do to right. uh, get to be able to watch WNBA basketball in person next summer. <laughs> uh, and so uh, hopefully we can do that as a country. Yes, agreed. And to get to watch, probably not in person, but at least some college basketball as well. Um, that's probably a subject for another podcast, but I don't know if you saw the news that the ACC coaches are like pitching a like 360-team. Can we call that the Barzillai plan? Didn't I say that uh, in a podcast a month or two ago? Someone's listening. <laughs> Coach yeah, K is yeah. like My... <laughs> ACC. That's what we're going to say at least. <laughs> that's right. We got, we got a lot of pull in the uh, ACC. No, I, I mean, uh, but then the NCAA said no way, right? Yeah. So well, I mean, I um, think it's <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. But seriously, the, it that, be what awesome. we talked about <laughs> the Indiana high school basketball tournament plan. So, um, I almost, I, by the way, I almost have our kids watching Hoosiers, but it just hasn't quite been the right choice, uh, on movie night of late. So still got to break that one out. <laughs> My mom was listening to podcasts and she told me I have in fact seen that movie. So I guess I just was young and don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> in a Hartford Whalers jersey, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. So, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it is crazy, right? I mean, it's Thursday night. There's this game going on now, but basically, I guess 10 games left. So that's two handfuls, right? Wouldn't you say? Yep, two handfuls of games and then playoffs, which is crazy. I think that's going to be reinvigorating to yes. have the playoff start. Agreed, agreed. I think. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I don't know, we were kind of talking about this offline before, but I, you know, I've been a little bit fatigued by like just the sheer number of games. But I think having the excitement, especially with the first two rounds being like single elimination, it'll be reinvigorating. To yeah, although I still wish that uh, they would go with the system of one game a night instead of the two games a night. I think mm -hmm. they'd be better off, especially given that there's going to be NBA playoff game. I mean, there's Monday Night Football on Monday gonna be nba playoff game so like especially if it was the lead-in to the nba games right most of the nba games started either yeah. 8 30 or 9 right even when they're mm -hmm. on tnt and so like show you know one game is seven to nine basically 
like, I guess you can't do Monday, but like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then kind of move on to the next round on Sunday or Monday. So that would be my vote. So spread it out so that there's not those, you're not Wednesday kind of waiting around for any games to happen. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, um, especially with the NBA playoffs. Though I will say that, like, I don't know, like for me, I'm like, yeah, the Celtics, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be playing on Tuesday up against the WNBA, but like the Celtics have to win like four games before it's over. So I'm going to be watching the single elimination game. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So I think that it's, uh, you know, there was an opportunity, right, if the coronavirus hadn't happened to get more NBA crossover. Mm-hmm. You're definitely seeing more of the of NBA Twitter, at least kind of paying a bit of attention to uh, the WNBA. But, uh, you know, it's hard to expect them to be watching the WNBA when the NBA playoffs are going on. Right. There's just uh, like a ton of basketball on right now. It's a lot. Yeah. The other thing I'm kind of wondering how it's going to work is when the NBA finals are happening and even really late in the conference finals. And has the WNBA kind of worked to think about the schedule so that it's going to all play out so that when there are no NBA games, there is a WNBA game. That seems like it'd be a huge opportunity. Yeah, agreed. I haven't looked at it in detail. I do know that I saw something come through, maybe it was from ESPN, about they're doing one of the finals nights. It's like there is a WNBA final game and an NBA finals game. It's a Saturday or a Sunday, I think, and they're doing a doubleheader so on ABC. Oh. So that's, that'll be pretty awesome. So I think it's the WNBA game, WNBA game first, and then it's an earlier tip for the nba finals game like a 7 p.m so i think it's like a five and a seven on a saturday or something like that which is a nice oh, that, little that setup. will be exciting yeah i saw just the announcement that the i mean, I don't think they fully announced the nba schedule although maybe they have but uh i only saw the press release about the wnba schedule yeah i don't know that i've seen a full nba schedule yet either but i did see at least like a article or something on just that like at least one game was overlapping so that'll be exciting. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, as we like to say. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite filler word. <laughs> yeah. And it's rubbing off on me, I would say, too. <laughs> so should we talk a little bit about the new stat site? And we have somehow gotten through like 20 minutes of that without bringing up the probably biggest news of from her stats in the last like Yeah. No, obviously. Very exciting. You know, my original plan was to have it out by roughly July 25th, <laughs> not uh, um, September. But uh, so as a result, I have a little more time to actually watch basketball instead of programming uh, every night while games are going on. But uh, but yeah, no, it's very exciting. We added, you know, we've obviously had NCAA stats dating back uh, to when we launched in the fall of 2017 uh, publicly. And uh, finally, after a lot of planning, a lot of effort, uh, have WNBA stats, uh, you know, for the full history um, on the site now. So we kind of rejiggered the front page so that, you know, really kind of showcasing, you know, and giving you a good jumping off point uh, to all the different stuff. So we have like kind of the recent score, recent games with the scores, which will take you to our box score page where you can see both the traditional uh, box score as well as advanced box scores. So you can see kind of rough things like effective field goal percentage, offensive rebounding rate and stats like that. Um, we also have a list on our homepage uh, of our Lobos look preview. That's been pretty popular on the NCAA site. We kind of designed it with, 
um, you know, with Rebecca, Rebecca Lobo to kind of be in a format that kind of works for her. She's building her board and prepping uh, to call games. You know, it's pretty close to a standard that has been established on the ESP on the, I'm sorry, on the men's basketball side of things uh, called the Hubie sheet, but we've kind of tweaked it uh, to kind of work uh, even better for her on the theory that if it works for her, it's going to work for uh, everybody else. And so that's actually pretty cool to get a nice at a glance uh, look at, uh, you know, upcoming matchups. And you can look at it for kind of any combination of teams. So now we have a WNBA version of that. We've got, uh, I guess I'm rambling here, but right. So we have our team and team season pages. So you can take, see kind of the per game stats, the, you know, season totals, uh, advanced stats as well, um, for, you know, teams, you know, by season. So it's kind of got every season on one page. So that page is pretty long, but then we also have, um, you know, our team season pages where you can just look at, say, is while we were talking earlier, right, I could just look up like the Minnesota Lynx 2020 season page, which includes, you know, their stats with their percentiles and ranks, uh, as we always have, but also their schedule, uh, their roster and how the roster is doing. So it's a lot of information kind of all in one spot. And we have the equivalent, of course, for the players. You can see a player's career um, kind of all the years on a single page, or you can just drill into how they did uh you know, say this, this season. Um, so yeah, a lot of stuff, maybe we should kind of go back through it one by one, but then probably the thing that's been the most fun has been our research, uh, section, which, you know, kind of obviously inspired by, uh, some of the other work that's out there, uh, in men's basketball in particular, but also uh, women's as well, where you can kind of set different criteria and look up player careers. You can look up individual games for a player to find out like, or, you know, for players to see how many times someone's had like a 30, 10 game or, or something like that. You can look up how many total games players have uh, had. So uh, the other night I was looking up, well, it came up, uh, I guess maybe Skylar Diggins Smith, right. Had 33 mm-hmm. points. Uh, yep. Not last night, but again, it's a blur, right. But it was <laughs> three nights ago. And so I was looking up how many players have had, you know, maybe like 30 point games in their career, the most 30 point games in the career. So we can look at like how many total games someone's had where they've met a criteria. And I was, uh, I don't know why I was surprised, but uh, I think it was for that one. Uh, Diana Taurasi leads uh, the league with like 75, uh, I believe is the number, uh, <laughs> 30 point games. And I want to say oh. second place is this is what's crazy, though. Second place, I'm pretty sure is um, Angel McCautry. Oh, and wow. she's at like 40 or something like that. Oh. So she's like, like <laughs> Taurasi pretty much doubled her up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like to me, that's not that surprising. There's a reason everyone calls Diana the GOAT. <laughs> There is, there is. Maybe that's a discussion for other podcasts. Yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so our research section has been fun, right? Because you can look up, you know, these things about the players, but also the teams. And, you know, there's some stuff occasionally I'll dig in uh, onto our database as well uh, to confirm stuff. And people will see us tweeting about that um, on at Her Hoop Stats. But, uh, you know, there's just a lot of information now. And, and I think the, the main message, and I apologize, I've been rambling. Mm-hmm. And if you have any okay. questions you want to talk about specifically, but I think the main thing I want to emphasize is like, this is the tip of the iceberg, right? It's been a ton of work right. just to get uh, to this point, have all the data in our database, a lot of cleaning, um, kind of finding uh, errors and, you know, really resolving stuff. And there's still a little bit more to do. So if anyone does notice any issues, please uh, let us know. Uh, I know our, our Richard Cohen uh, flagged one for me today that I need to work on tomorrow, 
<laughs> but uh, there's definitely more out there. Uh, and, you know, it's so sort of people identify issues or if they have requests for features they want to see. We have, a, I certainly have a lot of ideas for uh, things that are coming up. And it's really just a question of prioritizing them. And, you know, I'm definitely interested in suggestions from our, um, you know, Her Hoop Stats community. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I know you've put a ton of work into this. It looks awesome. I've been having a lot of fun with the research tool. I don't think we said it, but it's free right now, everyone. So, like, go play with it for free. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. It's a free beta preview. We do uh, plan to be charging for it, and partially, and, and that's because there are expenses, right? As you said, it's it has been a ton of time uh, by me. Uh, our Morgan readers really kind of been responsible for making sure the look and feel uh, is good. Uh, Derek's been helping out a bit in the past. People like Sherry. Uh, have helped as well. It's been so it's been an amazing amount of time uh, and sort of philosophically, right? We want to be in a world where, um, you know, we're all being fairly compensated for the effort we're putting in. But even beyond that, like there are costs, right? We're licensing the data in this case from Sport Radar. Um, and so, you know, generating, you know, creating her hoop stats is not free. And that's why we need the support of people that are listening, um, you know, as well as the people that kind of read our articles, uh, you know, really just use the site. So for now, we're trying to uh, do this free beta preview, but we will be switching over to, uh, you know, it's really a more sustainable model. So we can be sure that her hoop stats exist not just in 2020, but also in uh, 2030. <laughs> yes, if the world's still here, not to be. <laughs> yeah, I think it will be, right? I guess in 20, 2030, we won't be debating whether uh, Sabrina Ionescu is better than Diana Taurasi over sure. the course of her career or not. But um, <laughs> but uh, she would probably need a few more years after that. Jeez, I mean, she would practically need till 2040, wouldn't she? Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, when I was putting the site, you know, in doing the site and reviewing the data, right? Like, as you might expect, the quality of the data is a lot better uh more recently and so like i'm pretty pretty confident in enrique's career numbers right yeah. uh but but <laughs> there are definitely some issues i know curtis uh wrote an interesting article uh, we recently noticed uh i think he wrote it in june about sort of this missing points for lisa leslie and yeah for the sort of older players especially the people that played in the 90s uh you know there's definitely let's just say some challenges <laughs> yeah I will say that I was one talking to one um, PR per, or exchanging emails with someone, a PR person, and I am under the impression that they have a physical piece of paper for like every box, end of game box score that their team has played. Oh, like wow. in a, yeah, and like I'm, I'm sure the first year they just like put them in a folder and they just make that folder every year. And after the game, probably harder to do in the bubble, right? But if you're you got a home game, you go back up to your office and put it in the file. I mean, it's a good system to have. It's always good to have records. Someone at work today asked me for something that was from like 2008. And I was like, I don't know. I was in like middle school. I wasn't paying attention <laughs> I was to this. Say. <laughs> I thought I misheard you. Yeah, I was like, I have no idea where that is. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully these teams probably just have them in a folder in one place where everyone knows where it is. So it's all good. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Now you need to know it, especially in... Uh... At your day job, right? I mean, those yeah. kinds of things are uh, are important. But uh, but yeah, no, so it's been a ton of fun. And now it's fun to actually kind of have it out in the world. And I appreciate all the positive feedback that we've been getting uh, on Twitter and whatnot. So I will say, if you're listening, I hope you've checked it out. I'm glad to hear, uh, Megan, you've been playing around with it. I think that you're not uh, just being polite. I have the sense that you've used it and you like it. Um, and so, like I said, keep telling, as you've heard me say on our Slack, right? Like, let me know the things that are 
a little painful or things you wish you could do. I definitely have some ideas for how to just relay out some stuff. But um, if you're listening, you haven't tried it out, please check it out at hoopstats.com. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know what you'd like to see uh, improvements we could do uh, to make it even better for you. You know, we've tried to make it work uh, both very effectively on your laptop, but also be easy to use on your phone as well. So I think that is uh, another thing that really distinguishes what we're trying to do. Yeah, definitely. And it's been super helpful for anyone else that's trying to figure out who should win all these end of season awards. A little teaser yeah. that we have an article coming next week. So I'm not going to give my picks away because they'll come in that article, but I've been using it a ton trying to figure out some of the more. I feel like there's a few that are pretty clear cut and a few that I'm like, I don't really know. And that's been yeah. helpful to try to figure I don't, out. I'm guessing you're not going to be giving anything away if you say you're going to vote for Hamby for yeah, uh, exactly. six of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was talking about that on the. Um, WNBA Twitter Live, right? They had us and, uh, you know, they, I think they called it five on five, Monica McNutt and LaChina Robinson on their game, kind of talked to uh, a few different people to get some kind of different voices. Uh, and I was sort of asking them, did you catch how much money Bill Lambeer is making Bjerka Hamby by not starting her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's, oh, it's just over $5,000 is the, uh, uh, sort of compensation you get for winning that award an MVP. So you got to take it seriously. Not that you're having an official vote, but if there are any official voters here, just want to reiterate, definitely check out some of our stats. I obviously you don't do it just by the stats. You got to be watching the games. And I wonder how many people are going to just make their decision based on, uh, the outcome of Sunday's game. I hope that's not the case, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like 15, 15,000, $1,500, uh, if you win MVP. So, and it's like, it's close, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it's super clear cut at all. I, I mean, I'm comfortable, as I said, uh, with uh, voting for Stewie, where that would be kind of who I've got. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think you could make a reasonable case for, for Asia, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm leaning towards Stewie, but could really argue myself into either of them being the right pick there. It's a close one for sure. So I won't be surprised if some people are kind of waiting to see what happens Sunday to make a final decision there. It is really kind of down to the wire. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be interested to hear, see when they actually announce it. And I hope that, uh, yeah, it's good to see the kind of Twitter discussion uh, and debate about it. So definitely the Asia Wilson supporters are, I think are out. (laughs) Uh, And I think that's good, right? Even if I, I'm not convinced by their arguments yet. I think it's great that we're, you know, passionate enough about it to be kind of really debating back and forth. I haven't seen too many, you know, proverbial fistfights on Twitter yet, but maybe that's coming. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It always keeps it more interesting, right? It's more fun when there's a debate versus it being like like last year, like everyone's like, well, yeah, it's all done. Obviously, <laughs> there was no question. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even right, I think. I felt like last year, everybody also, you know, speaking, going back to the parody, right? I think even though it was a five game series, I think coming into that, everybody expected the Mystics to mm-hmm. be the champion. And, um, you know, Connecticut sort of with the proverbial puncher's chance, which I guess is really how it played out <laughs> in practice. But, uh, you know, this year, I think it's, you know, much closer, right? It's not sort of Seattle's definitely expected to win. I think that, you know, it's going to be really fascinating to see you know, what happens and, you know, what kind of crazy plays, crazy bounces kind of influence who the uh, Wubble champion is. Yeah, I agree. Though I will say that, you know, I mean, the finals went to a five games last year. It was a yeah, close all the way through down to the wire pretty much there. So it was a good one. 
Yeah, yeah. I wonder, you know, do you think they'll get like, in person this year? So it's a little sad. <laughs> do you think they'll get a uh, special? Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a special trophy, right? Wobble trophy. Do you, I wonder I feel what like they the, should. They should like do something what, funny. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what they could uh, get to commemorate it, or trying to imagine what would be on the ring. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, guess I just see that I... I think the W is trying to trademark Wobble, so maybe <laughs> they've got something up their sleeves with it. Right, right, and every, right. It was Mo, Money Curry, right, who coined that phrase, is my mm-hmm. understanding, right? So I uh, saw so everybody was joking. She better get a cut. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. So yeah, no, it's it's crazy, right? I think there's definitely, I think there's definitely a market, by the way, for us, for everybody else on Twitter. There aren't enough. Um, WME nicknames, I think. I think we need yeah. to be more creative as a group there. Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, I, I like guess if you're... a big market for a lot of WME things, like apparel and everything out there. <laughs> like <laughs> Diana Taurasi goat, oh, goat yeah. shirts? I got one. I'm, it hasn't come yet, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I every time I see that, though, I hear that I just picture the story of uh, their owner, Richard Sarver, and what happened on the NBA side. Do you remember that story? No. Um, I th- guess there was some kind of goat themed event for Diana Taurasi <laughs> that the Mercury put on where they actually got real live goats <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Phoenix suns, they did okay in the NBA bubble this year, but, uh, and I'm from Phoenix. Uh, I went to like junior high school and high school there. So, um, they uh but the team has been struggling right i think it's fair to say Mm -hmm. and so kind of to express his disappointment as a joke he brought the goats and put them in the phoenix sun gm phoenix suns gm's office like (laughs) left them there overnight and so they like you know so this came out in a great story that a that a guy i know kevin artivis wrote for espn um it was sort of the lead and so as you can imagine he walked in there and it looked like a barn or something uh i think it was definitely pungent when he opened his office the next uh, morning if you know what i mean uh and so like every every time i see those shirts like that's what i'm picturing it's him (laughs) kind of sneaking in there leading them by the room i would strongly yeah there's a great article uh which hilarious uh about that so uh, it's an ESPN article, Kevin Arnovitz. I think if you look up Kevin Arnovitz goat, it's got to be the number one Google uh, thing. So definitely worth your time if you can squeeze that in with all the. Uh, I gotta say, I can't keep up with the WNBA coverage that everybody's doing. It's really yeah, I know it's a lot. There's just so on. much going on. Yeah, it's impressive. It's all obviously awesome to see. But yeah, and so much more than like you know. I mean, part of the whole reason that. Um, you know, we're more than just a stat site, right? That we've got articles, we've got podcasts, we've been doing our live streaming. Would encourage folks to tune in tomorrow. I know that uh, Gabe and Calvin and Shay are live streaming, I think at six Eastern. Uh, definitely you can follow us on Twitter and, and see the promos for that. Um, it is because there was, you know, so much less. So it's, it's really cool. And so, you know, then the trick is how do we get so that we're not all only talking to ourselves, but we're bringing, you know, growing the pie, sort of, as they say, and bringing in more fans. Uh, but, uh, you know, I still think it's going to happen in the long term. Agreed. Yeah. There's been a lot of momentum this season, which has been great to see, obviously, especially given how much else is going on, too, at the same time. So Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to be a little contrary. I don't know that I think there's been momentum this actual season, like since the game started, but I think there's been a ton of uh, momentum leading up to it. Like until yeah. March, I think there was a ton of momentum. 
That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, one thing that um, yeah I've started digging into a little bit, not done analyzing, is the ratings uh, to see. I mean, there's no nothing to really compare it to, right? Because it's a right. different situation than last year. But um, and there's also, I mean, the other great thing, right, is there's so much more uh, product, right, as they say, so many more mm -hmm. games on nationally. Uh, so it is really interesting to see like what the rating, you know, if you only get 10 national games in a season, you know, those are going to have pretty high ratings. Right. You know, when you go to, uh, I think it's over a hundred, right? Uh, no, I guess it can't be over a hundred, but still, you know, when you've got so many more games on either ESPN or, or CBS sports network, which is not quite as widely available, but still very widely available mm -hmm. then, um, uh, you know, obviously that means typically you'd expect the, uh, viewership to be a little lower per game as a result. So it'll be interesting to, to actually get that, uh, get those results in once we have them. Agreed. Agreed. And interesting to see kind of where the playoff ratings end up being too. I think that's important. It sounds like they're all going to kind of be on major channels, which is good, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think they're all on ABC, certainly ABC and ESPN too. I don't know if ESPN will air any as well. And that's going to be a little bit more apples to apples, but it is, you know, I guess actually, right. Last year it would have been against football. So maybe not, maybe yeah. the basketball, maybe NBA finals is a little bit of a different counter, but, um, you know, it's not, I mean, they really ran in September right, last year. Right. Right. So yeah, it's similar timing for WNBA. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully they've kind of coordinated things with the NBA such that they're not at the same time. So everyone can just watch all the basketball while we sit home more than normal. So <laughs> Yeah, or maybe it'll be an NBA sweep, and then there'll still be like three games remaining in the WNBA yeah. finals. Something. That might be a good outcome. <laughs> I feel like with the West versus the East, it's not that unlikely either. Yeah. Um, you know, tomorrow Richard has his uh, W Dozen article coming out, and I did not realize, I mean, I sort of knew it, but I didn't entirely realize the, I think I can tease this because the article will be out yeah. by the time uh, the, <laughs> the podcast goes out. But um, I believe like the West is something like, oh, I, I'd have to look it up again. But it's like on like no exaggeration. It's like on the order of like 50 and 14 against the East or something like that. I mean, it sounds about right. You've got one Seattle storm, two Las Vegas, three L.A., or Minnesota five Phoenix that's all west so. yeah and and Dallas uh, I think is likely to make the playoffs and they're mm -hmm. the worst team in the west yep so so every single west I mean obviously eight out of 12 teams make it but every single west team is going to make it which is just interesting yeah. I mean the opt-outs obviously were crazy but as he pointed out the um, you know there have been plenty of opt-outs on the west coast too so right I mean China and Christy Tolliver for instance mm-hmm uh, Cambage, yeah, Cambage, Plum's not, Plum's injured. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not just uh, <laughs> the entire Mystics roster and John Cole Jones. Yeah, agreed, agreed. There's been opt-outs on both sides. Um, I think, you know, it's a down year for sure for Washington and for um, Connecticut, but I think we in general in the WNBA kind of see that the West is stronger. It's probably, I mean, you've had those years of, right, like the, Link Sparks finals that was quite the rivalry right. for a while. It's probably a large part of why the WNBA kind of did away with the conference landscape because it's just more, it's a small enough league and it makes sense and it's just more competitive to pay it this way. Yeah. And as Richard points out, right? I mean, the eight best teams are going to make it, which is mm -hmm. what you want. Exactly. 
Great. Well, I don't know that I'm going to make it uh, much later today. It's been, <laughs> yeah. a, been a long week uh, here, readjusting to, as I said, readjusting to, to, you know, watching all the basketball, readjusting to have my kids back in school. So it's probably a good time to call it, don't you think? I think so, too. Thanks, Aaron, for hopping on. My pleasure. It's always good to talk to you. Always good to talk hoops. And so um, I don't know if I'll be uh, your guest next week, but uh, always good to talk to you. You too. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.